Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 83 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. And this week I'm returning to the topic of sugar syrup and the various types available out there if you choose not to make your own. And I've also been continuing with the apiary cleanup at the fishing lakes. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. The distractions continue and caused quite a disruption to my planned workload over the weekend. Late last Wednesday, I finished tweaking the podcast. Yes, I do, in fact, attempt to polish it by editing and adjusting it. Anyway, I scheduled the podcast for release to my Patreon page for Friday and then jumped into the truck to head out to move a couple of beehives from the Fishing Lakes apiary so I could continue cleaning out the brambles. And again, the truck was let me down. This time, as I turned the key to start it up, all I got in return was a very loud, fast clicking sound. A bit like those clacking toys I remember from way back. You know the ones, the ones with two plastic balls dangling from a handle each attached to a piece of cord. The idea being that you shake them violently and they hit each other, bouncing back and forth, making a kind of castanet-type noise, only most of the time they would smash into the back of your hand. Anyway, that's the noise I was hearing from my engine. A little research initially had me thinking it was going to be an expensive starter motor replacement, but eventually it turned out to be an almost flat battery. The problem was that the research had taken a while, and after a couple of days of tinkering and cursing, I finally gave up and called in my brother, who fairly quickly got to the issue. I don't know why the battery had failed. It's never happened before, but it seemed I needed a new battery. So I popped down to our local battery specialists, uh, a place called Multicell, and I called them earlier in the day to make sure that they'd got the right battery in stock. And when I visited, I spoke to the same guy that I chatted to on the phone. He offered to test the battery for me rather than simply swapping it out as a new battery was going to cost over £100. And he used a really neat handheld computer gadget which tested the voltage and capacity, more importantly, of the battery and discovered that all I actually needed to do was to give the battery a good charge and he said that it would be fine. It's always nice to find a company that isn't just out to sell you kit that you don't necessarily need. I've used Multicell before. They helped me with the battery for my ProVap oxalic acid sublimator and were really helpful with that as well. Back home, I used that same battery charger that I use on the ProVap cell and left it overnight to charge and now the truck appears to be sorted. It does leave me feeling slightly nervous each time I get into the truck to start it, but so far, touch wood, it's been fine. I think I might get a cheaper version of the tester that he used so I can keep an eye on the capacity of the battery every week or two, just until I feel confident with it again. Well, anyway, all of this meant that the recording schedule went out of the window too, and my aim of swapping out all of the flaws in the apiaries is now a long way off again. The very good news is that Tony, the fisheries manager at the Lakes Apiary, has very kindly taken his brush cutter tractor through the number one apiary and finished in 40 minutes what would have taken me at least a day to do. 
I'll probably post a few pictures on my Patreon page so that uh, by the time the podcast is released, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Unfortunately, my back problem has reappeared. Some of you will know that I suffered two prolapsed discs a few years ago. I'm six foot three tall and have always struggled with back aches, but the prolapsed discs were another level up. It's meant that every year or so I seem to have a couple of weeks of severe stiffness and pain, which once rested seems fine again. And the doctor did say that once you have a weakened back, it's likely to always be vulnerable. That said, I have been to Pilates classes and those were very helpful and I'm now losing weight and getting fitter by cycling, as I mentioned last week. It still doesn't take away the frustration of this week having to slow up and take things a little easier, but lifting those 14 kilo jerry cans of syrup has become a bit of a challenge for me. But I'm getting there and no doubt normal service will be resumed shortly. I'm yet to collect the 14 by 12 colonies, which happens later today. Luckily, I'll have some help to lift the hives on and off the truck, and I should have the apiary completed later today for their arrival. It's such a relief to have that sorted, otherwise I would probably have been forced to drop the hives off at another apiary and then have to move them out again, and that's something I really hate doing. It's just such a waste of time and fuel. The challenges with the truck have also meant I've been unable to get round all of the apiaries to see how well the colonies have been taking down the syrup that I've been feeding them. The ivy is now in full flower around a lot of my apiaries, so getting syrup into them now is really helpful, I think. Time will tell to see if the ivy granulates solidly or if the syrup helps keep it usable to the bees. There's still plenty of time to continue feeding, but I have noticed a distinct chill to the mornings recently, The change from summer to autumn has most definitely happened, and I'm sure the bees can feel it too. With this in mind, it's getting to the urgent end of the schedule for feeding. In just a couple more weeks, we'll be staring October in the face and wondering where the time has gone. And no doubt some beekeepers will be thinking they should have maybe treated and fed their bees a little earlier. That said, I've fed bees in October and they've managed to get through the winter okay, so don't despair, just don't procrastinate any longer. While I was at the Fishing Lakes apiaries last night, I managed to wander around the queen-rearing apiary and top up some of those colonies who'd all emptied their feeders from the last feeding session. Last week I spoke about the homemade syrups that I've made in the past, the light one-to-one syrup and the heavy autumn feeding syrup, which is the two-to-one ratio. That's two parts sugar to one part water. These days I tend to buy in syrup either direct or from UK-based suppliers such as Happy Valley Honey. The current syrup that I'm using is called Mix, which I've mentioned before. It comes from Happy Valley Honey and is the one with the addition of vitamins and amino acids mixed in. Even though it's a light syrup, I feel really happy with this feed, excuse the pun, and maybe I should say I feel confident in using this syrup confident the bees will take to it quickly and confident that the bees will benefit from it. They do seem to move the syrup down from the feeder very quickly and for the most part my bees seem perfectly healthy. I don't know if it's the addition of the vitamins and amino acids that helps but they certainly don't seem to cause any issues and it feels like the bees are getting a little extra rather than just granulated sugar mixed in water which was my homemade concoction. In recent times, prior to using Appy Mix, I've used a brand of syrup called Appy Kel. 
It's a standard heavy sugar syrup, which I imported directly from the manufacturers as 14 kilo jerry cans. And a pallet of 60 cans worked out very affordable for me. The syrup became my go-to feeder for year-round use, apart from some spring feeding where a light syrup seemed to encourage the bees to build their brood nest a little faster. Again, no science here, just a beekeeper's observations. The apical is just syrup with no additives, but again, the bees were fast to take it down into the brood box and extra super if they had one, and they always seemed to come through the winter okay. My original experiences with bought-in syrup was with a product called Ambrosia, and I suspect most beekeepers will have heard of this. It's been around for quite some time and is very similar to the Apical syrup, a straightforward heavy syrup. Ambrosia is available through quite a number of online resellers now, so you might be lucky and be able to visit to collect. Otherwise, I think the biggest restriction is the delivery costs. The best way for beekeepers with just a few hives to get hold of some of these syrups is to set up a co-op or a club or association purchasing process and get a bulk load delivered to one address and then distribute it between yourselves. One of my more regular questions I get at this time of the year is how much syrup should I feed my bees? My usual flippant and rather unhelpful response is to say as much as they need to survive the winter. But there is a point to my answer that I try to explain to the beekeeper that's asking the question. All colonies vary to a certain degree and I've had some that have been particularly frugal while others have gorged themselves on the syrup and cleaned it out before Christmas. I like to make sure that most of my colonies have at least 20 kilos of combined stores in their brood box and if the brood chamber is jammed with brood and bees, then adding a super and getting that filled with stores is my very rough guesstimate of how much food they will need. The bigger colonies might end up with as much as 30 kilos. But remember, that's total weight of stores. It includes the amount of honey and pollen that they've already stored and topped up with the syrup. And this is where we get back to hefting beehives. I'm sure you all must be familiar with this dark art by now. For the uninitiated among you, it's simply lifting the rear of the hive by grabbing the back edge of the floor and lifting it up to a shallow angle to feel the weight of the entire hive, bees, boxes, honey, roof, the lot. From this, you can gauge whether the hive feels full of stores or is very light and near empty, and most points in between. The more hives you heft, the more accurately you'll be able to determine what resources they have inside. Remember though, if like me you have a mix of different hive materials, polyhives will naturally weigh less than wooden hives. Just take this into account when you're making a mental note of how heavy it feels. Changing the subject a little, something I did notice yesterday at the Fishing Lakes Apiaries was the very large number of ants present. I was moving concrete slabs into position at the number one apiary. I know, no wonder I have a bad back. Anyway, I was lifting the slabs carefully and beneath all of them were colonies of ants running around, grabbing eggs and taking them back down into their nests. They had obviously brought them up to get warm beneath the slabs as they were being heated by the sun and I'd inadvertently disturbed them. The presence of so many ants is obviously the reason there are so many green woodpeckers at the fishing lakes, and we all know how much damage green woodpeckers can do to beehives. I've been fortunate in previous winters 
the weather has generally been mild enough that they've had no need to try their luck with the hives. But I know that my luck is bound to run out soon enough, so perhaps this winter is the one where I have to buy in some more chicken wire and wrap the hives to protect them. I just know that now that I've mentioned it to you all, it's going to be hugely embarrassing if I have to post a video or podcast telling you that I've been caught out and several hives have been damaged by woodpeckers. Typically, I've got probably the most number of colonies at the fishing lakes this year, so I think I'm going to need a mile of chicken wire. Watch out for the video when I finally shut down the colonies for winter sometime in the coming months. It's a slightly shorter podcast this week as I need to get out and prepare for collecting those 14 by 12 colonies later this evening. Don't forget to catch up with more of my beekeeping journey by checking out the continually growing content list on my Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. Have a great beekeeping week. Keep safe and thanks for hanging around until the end of the podcast. I'm Stuart Spinks and that was beekeeping short and sweet.